Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unadulterated, where the truth is never underrated. This is a brand new podcast, and it's going to be hosted by myself, Josiah Emmanuel Selena, alongside my father, Christopher Troy Selena. Now, to give you a little bit of information about myself, for those of you who don't know me, I'm also the host on Joe Memo Radio and Sound Collision, a show that puts uh, different types of music up against each other. And now I have the honor and privilege of bringing along my dad on the scene to give the world a little bit of a taste of how some of our normal everyday conversations sound like between whether it be different difference in opinions, debates, all based on truthful topics. Uh, we're both high encouragers and searchers of the truth in today's world and age, and we would like to share that with the rest of the world if you find our conversation of value to you. I am 24 years old, and uh, I've had a long history of being a missionary's kid. My father has and mother have both traveled the world. Combined as a family, we've been to about 30, 40 plus countries. And uh, as my father likes to put it, um, traveling the world is probably the best education you can get, better than any classroom. So proud that my wife, Christina, can represent that love for international culture. She's from Lahore, Pakistan, and the Lord blessed me with the opportunity of getting together with her family to have that marriage arranged through a close friend of ours, uh, Charles Shaheen, all the way from also Lahore, Pakistan, but now residing in Finland with his Finnish wife and son and daughter, Isak and Lila. Shout out to them. That's just a brief sum up of myself. Currently, I'm basically a music radio and entertainment enthusiast and uh, seek to get the principles of God in a more tangible way to the mainstream culture out there in those arenas. And now I'm going to have my father, Dr. Christopher Choicelina, just so we get reintroduced to him uh, to those who are first-time listeners and to those who are dear friends of Christopher Choicelina. Well, thank you very much, Josiah. First of all, I want to thank you for your beautiful Father's Day greeting. Yes, happy Father's Day. Um, I know this is probably going to be airing very late after Father's Day, but uh, happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers around the world and uh, also to you, Papa Chris. Uh, That's greatly appreciated. We are so grateful to have a Heavenly Father who is actually Father of people in every nation of the world. And uh, I'm so grateful that the Heavenly Father's will is first in the life of all the earthly fathers who are seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. But that should be our pursuit, even as we do this broadcast or spend this time together, that we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto us. This is the Father's will, I believe. Uh, Jesus said the Father had sent him and that all the Father had given him, he would lose nothing, but he would raise it up on the last day. So I'm encouraged that the Father's sons and daughters that are listening to us wherever they're hearing us across the nations can appreciate the fact that we can raise a shout of victory on this broadcast because we have victory over sin, 
over sickness and over demon powers. So I would just say let the hallelujahs roll and don't take, you know, that word hallelujah lightly. The international word that almost every Christian brother and sister recognizes and understands. I remember um, you had shared one point when you had traveled, I believe it was, to Malaysia or Thailand and uh, used to shout hallelujah on the streets uh, to identify Christian brothers and sisters on the street and uh, just to get a response out of them. So it was a joy for you to witness uh, the power of the word hallelujah on your international journeys. I don't know if you have any other examples. Well, I'm a firm believer if you're in a, a place where you can't speak the native language um, and you get yourself in a predicament, if you shout hallelujah, it's a universal language. And uh, as the psalmist said, let the sinner be consumed out of the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Hallelujah. We are fast going towards a time where what John the Revelator saw, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah. Salvation, glory, and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he had judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and had avenged the blood of his servants at a hand. And again they said, Hallelujah. So from very early in my life, I had to pretty much know this word, Hallelujah. I cannot give you exactly as a child when I first said Hallelujah, but I probably have said without exaggeration from a child to present, multiply thousands of Hallelujah. And uh, you know, when I look at my life, sometimes all I could have said was hallelujah until I learned that hallelujah literally means praise the Lord. So I've been praising the Lord from a, a, a little child, a life that took on many different elements. As we were thinking about Father's Day, I see over the years how so many have been deceived, you know, by evil commercials and shows that constantly make fathers look like deadbeat idiots and nothing more than sperm donors. But regardless of what kind of father you had, even if you came from an abandoned home or broken home, that person is still your father. Yeah, we recently saw on the news this week that there's elementary schools, um, I don't know if it's just one or in particular or multiple ones that want to abolish Father's Day because they believe that um, the spirit of fatherhood is old-fashioned and it disrespects, you know, same-sex couples raising children in today's age or, you know, the, the epidemic of single parenting. And then they even went to the extent of not only not allowing the elementary children to no longer write any more Father's Day or Mother's Day cards to not offend non-traditional families. Of course, that's a evil for evil exchange because uh, you're getting rid of traditional families in order to cater to non-traditional families. So really, we're the ones being offended for the, the ones who want to believe in the traditional family. Um, at the end, though, basically, they also wanted to get rid of the, you know, the traditional father-daughter dance. Like whenever a wedding takes place, who's the first person that, you know, hands over the daughter 
to the husband, that is the father, because he is basically saying in that moment, I'm letting go of my responsibility to take care of her life as my, you know, as as my second deed after my wife, you know, and, you know, whatever other children I might have. And I'm placing all that responsibility into your hands now, because I trust that you will be the new man in her life, the father, the head the teacher of the word, the guide, whatever she needs in life, you are now her number one supply, you know, um, after God. So uh, what do you feel about this cultural attack on um, fatherhood? And why do you think we still need fathers in today's day and age? Well, in spite of the biological fathers who have abandoned their homes, even from my youth, I've been seeing this happening, not only my neighborhood or sphere of influence, but wherever I would travel out of the place of my birth on the island of Trinidad and Tobago from a very tender age, you know, even friends and and other family members, we see the abandonment of homes and and over the years, even to our time, it has gotten worse. And I think it's because there has been a devaluing of the importance of the original intention that God made a father to be. A lot of time, the media and the commercials and, you know, what we watch at, there's been a desensitizing of devaluing the importance our Heavenly Father has placed upon fathers. This has been going on for years. Many times, these are fathers who are seeking to be in right relationship with God who made the first father and families. What do you think the male role has done to society? Like, if you want to give like a brief description from the time of Adam till now, besides being like you were saying, the sperm donor, most of these claims that we saw this week were coming from not only the, you know, the LGBT community, but they were also coming from, you know, a feminist community that says, you know, uh, we don't want a male-dominated society anymore. No disrespect to women because um, they are equal to the man in creation. But, of course, if you look through biblical study and biblical history, they are not the same in duty and, and, and uh, form, even though they're the same in creation aspect, meaning their roles are different. A uh, pastor by the name of Ed Young in Texas, he was sharing a a uh, series of messages on the family affair and an example he made was that they are equally in creation one is not superior or inferior to the other but their roles are different and uh, i remember the late great uh, dr miles monroe used to always explain that we live in a society where they're trying to confuse the roles because the man is not holding up his end of the deal the woman wants to fill that void or in other cases where the woman feels like the men are too macho and not affectionate enough, then they want to be, they want the men to become more feminine. So how do we strike that balance and not tamper with history? Because we, we all know that it took a man and a woman to get us here in the first place. So how do we do not tamper with all that and not mess with the foundation of, of the traditional family in the world today? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because when we go back to the beginning of time, 
as you said before, Adam and Eve, or Adam and Madame, and it is very clear it was not Adam and Steve, and it was not Kate and Duplicate. It's clear in the Word of God, which I believe is the final authority on all issues of life. And from that standpoint, we see God created Adam and Eve. What happened is that they actually chose themselves over Almighty God's original intention. We use the word ego. If you look at the uh, acronym of ego, easing God out. So slowly, the original intention of God was, ease, was being eased out. Self took over. Self-love took over God's original order. And any time the wrong interpretation of self-love takes over, then you and I have to deal with self. We have to deal with the lust and the degrading aspects of that self-love, which really sucks the life out of us, which God intended us to live in such a beautiful way by staying on course with his original intention for a father and a mother. A key statement that I remember um, a great teacher taught me was the ultimate way to find out how selfish you are is to get married and have children. There's nothing that reveals more so or exposes more so the selfish side of you. Committing yourself to a marriage and also multiplying towards children after that because it takes a whole lot of self-sacrifice to both honor a spouse and raise children because that's a big chunk of your life you're giving away to make sure someone else's life is secure. How can we best love ourselves righteously without falling into pride the immoral version of self-love and then we'll close coming from the lips of the most selfless person that ever walked this planet Yeshua Jesus Christ yes Yeshua HaMashiach he said to love your neighbor as yourself now when he said that he said that after he gave the first commandment which was to love God with all your heart mind strength and soul then he said love your neighbor as yourself so self-acceptance is not a bad thing. The father, mother, children, self-acceptance is not a bad thing. Which again, the self-acceptance that we are reinforcing to our listeners once again is the version of yourself that God designed you to be from your mother's womb, not the version of yourself that culture has told you or the version of yourself that you have told yourself um, because you cannot know yourself better than your own designer. Rephrasing the great Dr. Miles Monroe, we must never complain about the race we came from because God had us born a certain color for our purpose. He had us born to certain parents, good or bad parents, for our purpose. Um, he had us introduced with a certain DNA into the world for our purpose. We were born at a certain time, a certain hospital, at a certain second, for our purpose. Everything that happens to us contributes towards our purpose. My, my prayer and hope for all our listeners is that everything that happens to you, even the bad things, that you will look up to heaven and say, God, what is this 
doing to contribute towards my purpose because even if your life is full of bad stuff you can question life and question your purpose and may god forbid want to go over the deep end and take your own life but we want to get every bit of the bad self out of you and put the good self that god originally intended from the beginning because as a child you are still finding yourself your your mind is not fully developed yet into what your plan and purpose is here there therefore you must be taught and trained about the qualities of yourself uh, who is your designer why are you here what brought you into this earth it's very important that parents have these kinds of discussions with their children so that they know they didn't come from a stork delivery uh, or Santa Claus stocking at Christmas, that they actually came from a mother and a father intertwining with each other, that they actually came from an ultimate designer who placed sperms and eggs into the human bodies for DNA purposes, and that all this contributes to the magnificent design that God had for them since the beginning of time. The ultimate self-love, ladies and gentlemen, as we have from the portrayed example, the perfect example of Jesus Christ, is that self-love is basically saying that I love myself so much that I know my value to human society. It doesn't say that I love myself so much that I don't have need for humanity or human society around me. It's I can give myself to the world around me because this life is not my own. This life belongs to the designer and is designed to be shared with all the other self-lovers around me because when we give of ourselves that is the ultimate version of self-love saying i love myself so much that i know i have a purpose here i love myself so much that i know i don't have nothing to contribute to society i have something i have a voice i have talents i have gifts all because of what the Spirit has anointed in me from my mother's womb. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been Unadulterated, where the truth is never underrated. Josiah Selena and Christopher Troy Selena. Till next time, God bless.